Hey y'all, this is Astro Dench here in my bed because I'm on a bed in astrology. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a podcast episode specifically by the late and the great Otis Redding. Um, now, Otis Redding was an amazing, 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 amazing singer from the 60s. He's working in a little bit in the 50s, too, but oh my god, he is just oh, such a beautiful singer. Sung with so much soul and conviction. So much conviction that he gives me chills just listening to him. And ah, oh, what a beautiful, beautiful voice. Um amazing songwriter he wrote a lot of his songs or partially wrote um you know he was also um a record producer an arranger a talent scout and um, i believe he played the guitar and the piano too so you know just all around awesome bomb ass oh i think he played the horn as well just overall bomb-ass musician, you know what I mean? Oh my god, so awesome. If, even when I was little, like, my mom liked Otis Redding a lot and would play him when I was little. And I I don't remember the first time I heard his voice because my mom played him that often. But I always loved him. Always thought he was absolutely amazing. He was just so dynamic in every way possible. I, uh, amazing, amazing singer. One of my favorite singers in the whole world. Seriously. Um, the crazy thing is he like passed away at 26, a random airplane crash. Um, and a lot of people's like, okay, that's straightforward, you know, airplane crash, he died, you know, that's just what's up. But, you know, apparently people were, have been saying that they didn't like how he died. Of course they didn't like it, but it was like just some mystery behind it. Um. I've heard some things, but I've heard the most prominent thing that I heard was that James Brown's son, um, he thought that Otis Redding was um, not, did not die in a car or in a plane crash, excuse me. He was actually beat up and his body was disposed of in that plane. Now, that's a bit tricky because, you know, okay, let me just lay it out to you like this. Um, he had his own plane twin engine plane small plane um his band was in that plane the bar case um there was only one survivor so all of the bar clays except for one that couldn't make that plane ride and the one that survived died um also the valet driver died and the air um the pilot died and Otis Redding um and I'll tell you how um Ben Colley, what was the the um, one survivor? I'll tell you how he survived, and it's insane. But like, um, you know, he they was driving or flying from Cleveland to Madison, Wisconsin, right? And they were literally the crazy thing is they were literally like four miles away, three miles from shore, and the plane crashed and it did, and it like went right over to the um way over to like a a lake over near Madison and so 
you know, Ben Carly was saying like, well, no, he was definitely in that plane. I saw him. So, you know, I don't know about that. But for James Brown to be so concerned, James Brown's son, too, like James Brown's son, but he had to have heard that from somewhere. So he might have heard that from James Brown. Like, who knows? Like uh, for people to be so suspicious about it is concerning. Even if they're like dead wrong, you know what I mean? If someone's like overly concerned about something, even if they're dead wrong, you still have to keep your eyes open because they're concerned about for a certain reason. Maybe their intuition is telling them something, but you know their reasoning is kind of confusing. You get what I'm saying? But what um, James Brown's son was saying though was that um, Otis Redding and James Brown was actually going to start a distribution company for black music. Um, and right before they really could get that started, started, uh, he died. Um, so that was strange. Um, and the thing is, it's like there's a trend of like black artists doing doing things like this and dying afterwards, such as like Sam Cooke. He owned all his publishing. People didn't like it. He died too. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff like that happening. Like you own all this stuff and then you die if you're black, apparently. So. It's really, really strange. Um, the thing is, though, too, is that Otis Redding was, like, an amazing businessman. Like, absolutely amazing. Um, the crazy thing about him was that, like, his music made him extremely wealthy, unlike a whole bunch of other folks that was in the business. He earned about 35000 per week for his concerts, right? Um, and the thing is, it's like, this is... I'm guessing this is 35000 a week from his concert at that time. So that means it was worth way more back in those days, right? So at the time that he died, he was earning 35000 per week for his concerts. Um, another thing, too, was that he owned a company called Otis Redding Enterprises. And he owned his performances, his music publishing ventures, and royalties. Um, from all his records and the thing is that that money right there uh, made him earn a million dollars in 1967 alone which is the um the year that he died he died in december of 67 so picture all his post hominess you know records selling after he passed how rich his family is how he set his family up very well very smart businessman knew what the fuck he was doing um this uh, um that year a columnist was saying that he sold more than frank sinatra and dean martin combined you know so it's just absolutely insane just a very very successful man so no wonder if someone's not liking that then they try to do something kind of funny you get what i'm saying um i don't i don't know y'all but let me let me get back to his actual death, you know. And this is actually going to be pretty short, unlike the other, you know, introductions. So, you know, he was set to play um, a gig at Leo's Casino in Cleveland. They laid over that night and left for Madison, Wisconsin at 12 p.m. to play at the factory su- um, Sunday night. And I got that information in that specific time. Through an article that um, they where they've interviewed Ben Cauley, the only survivor of the plane crash, and that was the only um, time that I was a- that I was given. 
Like I couldn't find a death certificate nor an autopsy report for Otis Redding at all. And I searched a lot <laughs> and I could not find that information. That's why I'm telling you guys, like I was telling you guys like, oh, this is going to be a late podcast because of that like I was doing so much research trying to find some official documents but I believe in Ben Carly because he was literally there he's saying that they left Madison around 12 now the thing is for a twin engine jet to fly from Cleveland to Madison which is not that far but usually it takes depending on the wind between an hour and a half to two hours and a half right and so there's a gap in time. So I'm, I'm going to account that for his death charts. But again, that may, that adds some confusion there. But anywho, um, the plane crashed into a lake near Madison, literally three miles away from freaking shore, four miles away from the, from the airport. And the crazy thing about it was like Ben Colley was saying that, you know, he was sleeping throughout the whole flight and he was so tired and he remembers that um you know the before they left they was in Madison before they left for Cleveland to fly to Cleveland I mean excuse me before they left Cleveland to fly to Madison um he was saying like oh it's so cold in the in the cockpit like why is it so cold in here and um can we turn on the heat and one of the guys was like oh we can't turn on the heat because um, the battery's low. And so you have to wait until you're in the sky to turn on the heat. Now, if the battery's low and the electricity is kind of effed up, why would you go on the fucking plane? Like, why wasn't there anyone saying, no, don't do it? A an official person, like the pilot or someone that like checked out the plane or something. Because that's what a lot of people think what happened. It was like some electricity issues from the low battery uh, because I guess it was like electrical heater, like the things that you can do in the plane and the lights and stuff are all electrical. Um, I have some official <laughs> um, quotes from this news clip. And the weird thing is like, I, can't, I don't know who actually, it's like a picture of the news clip. I don't know the article, what newspaper it's from, but it looks pretty official to me. So, um... But um, the article has that the authority said the plane was landing by instruments due to inclement weather. Visibility was three miles, but the ceiling only 100 feet. A weak battery would make for faulty electrical system, which in turn would have made negotiating an instrument landing difficult because such an approach relies on precise radio signals, authority said. So it looks like that that caused the issues they said the plane plummeted into 40 feet of water buried its nose deep in the heavily silted bottom of the lake which is insane um so that shows that that was just a, such a shock in their body a shock in just in spirit it's just oh my goodness literally three miles away from the landing um from shore and four miles away from the landing strip it's just so oh my god this is driving me nuts the crazy thing is that police skin divers said that they were unable to remain in the 30 to 40 degree water longer than 15 minutes at a maximum. After that, their teeth chattered so they were unable to hold the breathing apparatus clamped to their teeth. Um, the Madison inspector, John Harrington, at the time, 
estimated a man without an insulated scuba diver suit wouldn't live longer than 20 or so minutes in the water um, and the thing is is that when they ended up pulling their bodies you know a lot of the people's bodies was frozen the crazy thing is that Otis Redden's body wasn't found until the next day and his body was frozen uh, it's just so sad so it was just such a sad sad situation um it was a miracle that Ben Cauley even was able to make it um it was sad because people were saying they heard screams of like people screaming for help and the thing is the only reason why Ben Cauley was able to survive was that one of the band members Phelan Jones literally looked at the window and screamed oh no and Kali, Ben Kali undid his um, belt, his safety belt, and was able to be free. When the rest were found, they had their safety belts on. Uh, four members of the Barkays did pass away as well. Guitarist Jimmy King, tenor saxophonist Phelan Jones, and organist Ronnie Caldwell, and drummer Carl Cunningham, as well as their valet Matthew Kelly and the pilot Richard Frazier along with famous singer Otis Redding. Ben Colley um, was the only survivor. He literally said that he had nightmares up until his death of the actual accident. And you said he often would hear screams and would wake up from them. It's just such a, oh my goodness, such a terrible, terrible incident. Terrible, terrible incident. And the Barcades were very, very young. They were like in their late teens, very young kids. And, um, you know, at 67, Ben Cauley passed in 2015. So fairly young. Um, and it was, I remember seeing an interview of him recalling the incident and crying. And he was like, it was around the time, like, maybe a few years before he passed, still crying and sobbing about the incident. <sighs> so, so sad, y'all. But the thing is, though, a lot of people feel like it's strange that they were so close, literally just three, four miles away, and they died. A lot of people don't like it. You know, that interview that... James Brown's son did you know people were like hey what the fuck was that you know so there's still I don't know I think we should look into this a little bit more um and see exactly what happened like did the pilot know like was it something tricky with you know the people who like handled his plane like what happened here how did that how did that happen like it just seems like an accident yes but there was no one that could be like okay um no he shouldn't fly the battery's still low you know like i don't know i just feel like that was so so preventable preventable excuse me similar to Aaliyah's, um the singer's passing so so preventable like what <sighs> i just don't get it y'all but we'll we'll find out okay what I'm gonna do is take a look at his birth chart, which unfortunately we don't have his birth time. Similar to like our earlier readings, we'll have to kind of 
look through the planets and the signs only. But um, we don't have a depth time for him too. But at least I have something to work with. With that, um, thank God actually. And it might have been Ben Collie or Otis Redden or the other um, members of the Bar case who helped me out with the, finding this because this information is very obscure. It's an article literally from '67 that I happened to find. Nowhere else does it have Otis Redden's autopsy report or death certificate, which is kind of weird in its own because I saw everyone else's death certificate except for Otis's when trying to find his. Um, but you know, I, um, what I was going to do is for the death, I was going to use, um, Sunday, December 10th, 1967 at 12 PM, then at 1 PM, then at 1 40 PM. Now time difference is different. 12 PM because that is when, um, Ben Cauley said that um, that's around the time they left the Cleveland airport. It takes two hours or two and a half hours for the um, for the a twin engine plane or jet to fly from Cleveland to Madison. But they actually skip a time zone. It's actually central time and Cleveland is eastern standard time. And so at first I had 2 p.m. but I had to switch it to 1 p.m. right and then like I wanted to give some extra time because I literally saw sometimes it'll take two hours depending on the wind and the weather it may take a little longer um I actually found out it takes between an hour and a half and two hours and a half so I did just two hours and two hours and 40 minutes because the weather was kind of shitty at the time so um, I did a 1.40 p.m. Central Standard Time as well, okay? And then we'll look at that, see if we can get anything. The thing is, it's like I can't even do any name asteroids because I looked through his um, his record. Everyone liked him. I don't know who wouldn't have liked him. So I guess I'll just have to see if Vesta had something weird. Um, if you guys know of anyone that had some issues with Otis running, let me know. The closest one is that Stax was mad at the direction he wanted to go and was mad because he wanted to, um, you know, there was this artist he had with the last name Conley he wanted to push and Stax didn't want him to. That's the only thing that I see. But like, again, like, I don't think it was enough to kill him. He was his, he was his money. He was their moneymaker. He really was. So, I don't know, y'all. It's really strange. So, what I'm going to do is, you know, I'm going to go ahead and start with, a, start with his birth chart and go from there, okay? All right. And I said this wasn't going to take so long, and it took almost 20 minutes to do this intro. <laughs> Sorry. Let's take a look at Otis Redden's birth chart, okay? So, um, he was born Tuesday, September 9th, 1941 in Dawson, Georgia. 
Um, he was actually, when he was two, he left Dawson to go to Macon. Fun fact, my next door neighbor growing up, um, she was an older lady, and um, probably around Otis Redden, maybe little more later Richard's age, and like, I don't know if you guys are aware, but they're like mad famous singers from Macon, Georgia. Like, isn't that crazy? And so she's from Macon, Georgia. And so she, like all these famous singers that we know from back in the day, um, she knows, she knew them when she grew up. <laughs> so I remember her, um, she knew James Brown, which he's not from Macon, but he would frequent there a lot, which is interesting. He also, um, she also knew Otis Redden and said that he would pickpocket people all the time. And she remembers the whole thing with Little Richard dressing up in like dresses and stuff. So it was just so wild. Um, I don't know if she knew the Allman Brothers or anything, but it's just so interesting um, to get that straight from the source info. <laughs> it's um, really, really interesting. Anywho. Let's look at Otis Redding's chart, okay? So, um, he's similar to Tupac in the sense that he was born in a day when the moon was changing signs. So he could either be um, an Aries moon or Taurus moon. Um, he's really athletic. So I'm getting kind of Aries moon vibes. <sighs> kind of, yeah. It was said that he was like 6'2 and like 200 and something pounds. He was really athletic, loved football and playing sports. So I'm guessing more Aries moon maybe. But he is a Virgo sun. And Virgos love um, kind of taking care of themselves, making sure they're like healthy and stuff. So I don't know. I'm, I'm going to guess Aries moon. That's what I'm going to guess. Which would make him like born in the morning time. Which will make sense because his uh, Mars is in Aries. And so that will make his moon conjunct his Mars. And yeah, I can see that. Interesting enough, his Mars is retrograde. Which kind of makes sense because, again, like people didn't see him really angry. He was just joyful. He probably felt like he had to hide his anger for some reason. Or couldn't fully express his anger. You have to remember, too, that he was a man of the 50s and 60s, right? And so, well, he was mainly a man in the 60s. And so, um, at that time, in the South, in Georgia, um, you know, black people and people of color couldn't fully express their emotions like normal human beings. (laughs) Um, Or we will get hurt and killed for it, literally. Or have to deal with a bunch of shit. So, um... He probably felt like he had to hide his anger, tuck his anger in, and not really express himself, which is really sad. Um, he probably experienced something when he was young, which made uh, made him feel that he, if he were to express his anger, he would get in trouble, get hurt, or get killed. Um, you know, Macon, Georgia is literally called the heart of Georgia. It's right in the middle of the, of the Georgia, right in the middle of the South. I would want to um, watch out for myself too. So I don't blame him at all. Because we really didn't have rights at the time. You know, barely had rights when he died. So, <sighs> yeah. Tricky shit. Anyway. One creepy ass thing that I've just noticed because I can tell degrees in my mind. But 
he has finale at 10 degrees Sagittarius, which is not conjuncting the sun in Sag and not conjuncting um, of when he died and not conjuncting Mercury. Well, kind of. It's kind of actually conjuncting his Mercury, which gives me the that's kind of weird that he has finale in us and towards the sun and Mercury of when he died. That's a little interesting, don't you think? Um, but it's not like, I mean, it is conjuncted Mercury. It kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies because I can see like someone interpreting this as he was being shut up. Um, you know what I mean? So that's a little creepy. But anyways, let's look more into his chart, right? So what I'm going to do is look at any stelliums that I've noticed and talk about those. I'm going to talk about Pluto. I'm going to talk about Mars. I'm going to talk about Saturn as well as the signs that are, are connected with those um, planets, which is Aries, Capricorn, and Scorpio, okay? All right. So, um, his son was conjunct his north node, which is so cool. Um, he has a Virgo stellium with his son, north node, and Neptune in Virgo, as well as dark moon love too, but it's not really conjuncting anything. But his um his Neptune is his, his Neptune and his North Node is conjunct his son, which literally he identified his destiny, which is beautiful. And it shows too that um with his son conjunct Neptune, that his gift was literally a gift of God. He channeled God, channeled his angels, channeled his ancestors through his voice, which is so true. He really um, sung the pain of the black di- diaspora of the Americas. Um, oh, that voice was so powerful. You can tell, like, as a as an intuitive myself, I can tell that he was channeling something when he sung because he just gave me, he would give people chills. Like, sometimes, I've been singing, listening to his songs all my life. His songs are literally more than 50 years old and I'll, like, cry sometimes if I listen to some of his songs. His he was definitely had a voice of an angel. Oh my god, that boy's voice. <laughs> so fucking dope. So I could definitely see that. Um he so with the Virgo stellium though, I kind of I kind of see that he was of good health. Um there may have been moments where he would like randomly get sick, which was that Neptune vibe. Uh, and maybe that was his body telling him to slow down. I remember reading that, like, right before he died, he had, um, um, like, something wrong with his larynx, and he had to have surgery there, but then he recorded, you know, Dr. Bay beautifully, so, you know, there was no issue with his voice afterwards, but he did have to have surgery, because he had, like, a bad case of laryngitis or something, and I think that was, like, God and his ancestors telling him to slow down. Because again, he worked so he would make thirty five thousand a week. <laughs> That's insane, especially for the sixties. You know what I mean? And for a black artist for the sixties, you know they try to play us. So that's really dope. Like, I think he fulfilled his um, fulfilled his uh, life path for sure because he was a hard worker, worked hard every day, and was you know making sure his family was good. Um, he also has a slight Libra, yep, no, yeah, slight Libra stellium. Um, he has Juno, Mercury, Vesta, and Venus in Libra, 
which makes a lot of sense um juno in mercury is in the first decade of libra um which is all about romance and relationships he married really young he married i think when he was like 20 um was with his wife the whole entire time um had kids with her took care of her he'll go out and do his business um you know of singing and writing and stuff and then always would call her and the kids which is so sweet um what a husband's supposed to do though but um you know for virgo's ruler virgo's ruler which is mercury is conjunct juno so tightly i feel like his wife was definitely involved in his everyday life and involved in his health to make sure that he was good and the further away he was with his wife he probably didn't feel right and he felt like he had to call her all the time which is so cute um it's just becoming less of a um death reading than more of a like oh reading <laughs> which is cute whatever i don't care it's otis it's fine um but mercury in the in libra and in the first decade of libra definitely shows his like you know his voice the mercury is um doesn't represent your voice but your communication and he communicated his love for music and his music prowess very very well very very beautifully for it to not only be in libra but the first decade of libra which is ruled by venus so that's bomb energy right there and he has um venus in libra in the third decade of libra which is ruled by mercury so again this whole communicating beauty um, expressing beauty um, expressing relationships right because he had a lot of energy in libra he was all about love songs and relationships he was probably a big like lover (laughs) you know what i mean like just all about love and you know being sweet and loving and all that stuff so that's really cute What's really interesting, right across the way of Virgo is his south node, which is in Pisces, uh, but it's conjunct Antropos retrograde, which is interesting, which shows that his death, which, which Antropos represents, is something of a karmic thing, like it's a karmic energy. He may have died in an accident similar to this, um... And it has to deal with something with his spirituality, maybe his spiritual ascension, maybe something with his self-undoing or self-sabotaging ways, which I kind of don't see him having. I felt like he took care of what he was supposed to do. Like even like all the things I was telling you, how he just took care of his family, made sure he made enough money, was a hard worker. So, you know, I wonder if his personality was like someone that was always his head is in the clouds. A lot of people with Pisces energy, especially like Pisces South Node, will have that. But again, like he worked really hard. I feel like he really did fulfill his life path. It, and I feel like he probably was supposed to die this young. Um, because he was just fulfilled his life path so early. He, he, extreme hard worker. You know what I mean? Um, that's a little tricky. I don't know about that. Um, But yeah, it's definitely something karmic though. And with Atropos being retrograde, it shows that this, like, his death is to be secret. It's internal. Something, there's something to it. 
and I don't know if it's something spiritually to it that we're not supposed to know as a as a universal consciousness or if it was secret as in someone was doing something tricky and that's why it's supposed to be secret so I don't know I don't know about that um Anyways, let's go look at um, the signs, right? So Scorpio, he has literally nothing like Scorpio but destiny in the first degree. And it's not really aspecting anything. I mean, it is opposite the moon. Hmm. So we might have to look at the moon a little bit more in this chart to see what that means exactly. Um, Huh. Shows that maybe... His destiny has to deal with something with like transformations um, and kind of like not being afraid to go through transformations in his moon. If his moon is in Taurus, which I kind of don't think it is, but if his moon is in Taurus, you know, he was actually all about being emotionally stable. Um which would make sense when you think about it because again like people don't talk about his anger that much but his Mars is retrograde too like he wasn't just like an angry person kind of doing shit like fucked up stuff having a bad attitude or stuff like that you know what I mean um which is interesting that's the only thing I really see with Scorpio um he has nothing in Capricorn at all but Aries, he has Osiris, Mars, and maybe his moon. Uh, kind of that, with maybe his moon being in Aries, as well as Mars being in Aries, and Osiris kind of shows like a violent end, like a sharp end, like he just died in a very brutal kind of like smacking your face kind of way. I do also see this, as you guys know, as someone dying, um, being murdered, or kind of like something being an aggressor doing something, but it also can represent an aggressive death. Um, You get what I'm saying? And he died quite aggressively with a crash. So I'm not quite sure about that having a connection to his death, okay? But let's look over at Pluto. Now, his Pluto is in Leo in the in five degrees. You know, Pluto represents death and transformation and all that stuff. Um, Pluto is in Leo. So, Leo is all about, like, creativity, self-expression. So, he was supposed to go through transformations within his creativity, within his career, which is he has a creative career, right? Um, and I remember, hmm, this is making me think, y'all. I remember reading that they wasn't feeling, like, Stax Records wasn't feeling Dock of the Bay. They felt like it was, like, not R&B, and they was going to lose their reputation of being an R&B company. And there's going to be people going to be like, oh, y'all sold out, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, like, I like this song. The song's good. I want to sing it. Um, I don't think that is something, like, worth killing somebody for. Um, so I don't know if we should look deeper into that. I don't know who exactly he talked to. It just said like stacks execs. 
So I don't know exactly who he talked to about that and how I can add them, their name in to like the asteroid names. But that's kind of interesting. He was doing the right thing by sticking up for himself. But maybe that was showing too that you are going to go through a transformation when it comes to you transforming your creativity and your self-expression. And it may, that transformation could have been a physical one. You get what I'm saying? Another thing that I'm peeping here too is that Pluto is conjunct Chiron. And Chiron is in Leo as well. With Chiron being in Leo, um, that shows that he had to have some healing when it came to his self-expression. Some healing when it came to his creativity. um, You know, his identity. His um, talents. So maybe I kind of feel like he... I have Chiron in the fifth house so I I feel this deeply no wonder I love Otis so much he probably had a lot of people telling him no a lot of people trying to doubt him he probably felt like he did all this work he has all this talent and it didn't come through but towards the like end of his life the last few years like he really started to get some notoriety so I feel like that you know he stuck up to his self-expression he believed deeply um in his talents um was convicted in his talents convicted in his creativity and it worked out in his favor now with it being closely with pluto again once he received his healing his general healing of his chiron which was connected to healing his um you know uh, his thoughts on his creativity his self-expression him just generally having fun and enjoying himself and general amusement, then he will go through a transformation. Um, you know, some people I believe do have um, a shorter time here, and it was like meant to be. Maybe when he decided to, um, you know, heal this his creativity and his self-expression, is when he had that transformation, which is connected to that Chiron conjunct Pluto. And that transformation happened to be a physical transformation with him passing. You get what I'm saying? Um, so who knows, right? I do see Dark Moon Lilith semi-sextile Pluto. But is that enough energy to cause um, this big of a transformation? I don't think so. So I'm going to ignore that. <laughs> Pluto is, though, both sextile Mercury and Juno. Which shows that he had a lot of transformations connected to his life partner, his wife. But um, was a lot of his transformations was because of his wife? I'm not saying that his wife caused his death at all, but you know, it. it she how could she? But I don't know. That's interesting. Um, maybe his wife had a feeling of something being off. With, with this final transformation that he had, at least this final earthly transformation that he had. And maybe he felt something was off too with Pluto, Sextile, and Mercury. Because Mercury represents not only communication, but your thoughts and your thought process. Uh, you know, having um, Mercury in Libra is not as intense as um, Mercury in Pisces when it comes to telepathy. But it has a sense of that. I'm kind of thinking that maybe they were 
having a telepathic moment. I wonder if she felt some psychic moments around the time he passed and had some weird feeling. You know what I mean? Makes you wonder. This Pluto trying palace, though, is a little weird. You know how I said palace is all about detail, being specific, having things panned out. So this transformation was planned out. Do you get what I'm saying? With this Pluto trying palace, the plant was planned out easily. Um, with palace being in Sag, though, it was something totally foreign from him. It makes me wonder if, like, someone from a different country, you travel to Europe a lot, someone from a different country maybe set him up I don't know I feel like this is far though I don't know it's worth mentioning it's worth mentioning um it is 832 now let's try let's try an angel number thing and see if that means something because for some reason like I felt weird saying that but should I I don't know like I just don't know how to feel let me let me look at 832 and see if that means anything if it's connected to what I just said um one second y'all all right Angel number 832 is a message from your angels and the ascendant masses about manifesting financial wealth and prosperity into your life. Your angels encourage you to have faith and trust and guidance you have been receiving as it has been prompted and urgent towards and along your divine life path and soul purpose. Your angels want you to know that when you live your purpose with passion and optimism, you will manifest ample supply to sustain and maintain your life and lifestyle. Think about what you are naturally good at, your interests, your passions, and what you're doing. And then look for opportunities to bring them together in ways that are productive, positive, and uplifting. The universe will assist you by presenting auspicious opportunities, experiences, and synchronicities for you to take advantage of. So look out for signs, listen to your intuition, and do as your inner wisdom guides you. Angel number 832 brings a message to maintain faith in the infinite abundance of the universe and trust that your prayers and positive affirmations have been heard and are being acknowledged and responded to by angels. So it kind of shows that whole Chiron vibe 832, but I don't see it connecting to what I was saying like right before with the whole planning. Maybe the whole planning thing that I was thinking of is not right. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, Pluto is sextile Uranus as well. Um, again, that kind of gives that this was this this um, accident was literally a surprise, like it came out of nowhere. I really wish we had his time so we can get like a birth chart just so I can look at his eighth house. But we don't have that. Which makes things a lot trickier. That's why we need to have birth times. That's why I don't read anybody's chart unless there's a birth time. Because I can't give you a good reading like that, honestly. And a lot of information about you is in the houses. A lot of people say, like, no, it's aspects. No, it's the houses, trust me. <laughs> it actually, honestly, both of them are very awesome and needed that is for a fact but I can really I specialize in looking at someone's houses and reading them for filth I'm really good at that (laughs) okay let's um let's look at Saturn 
His sign is at 28 degrees Taurus, which is interesting in itself because Saturn and Taurus actually was just doing a reading, I think, for Virgo Risings about that. I wonder if that means he's a Virgo Rising. That'd be interesting. But Saturn and Taurus folks, though, they, um, they're usually restricted when it comes to money. And what they need to do is realize their self-worth. And once they realize their own self-worth and take authority of their self-worth, take authority of their money-making opportunities, then the money comes flooded in. You know what I mean? And for Uranus to be conjunct his Saturn too, it shows that it, it will be like a random snap of a moment opportunity that will get him there, which that actually applied in his life because, um, you know, he was understood his self-worth was kind of shocking himself out there he wasn't actually supposed to be discovered by stacks like at that moment people were tired they were like no listen to listen to otis listen to otis and the people were like oh we need to give him a contract you know what i mean and that's how he got his big break so that kind of shows you how it applies there but when it applies to his death for saturn and uranus to be conjunct so closely can show that there would be a quick death with it being in Taurus with Saturn being in Taurus and Uranus being in Gemini's maybe his neck snapped that's how he died maybe there's something with his neck snapping because you know Taurus rules the throat Gemini's all about talking you need to communicate through your throat so that's what I'm seeing there, maybe. And again, this whole theme of like shutting him up for something. I don't know why I'm feeling that. Just to shut him up. I don't know why I keep feeling that and thinking that. Um, maybe this was some weird conspiracy. I don't know. Would they let his family like kind of shout his name out to the mountaintops like that? If it was some type of conspiracy, I mean, who knows? Because, I mean, they did it for Michael, but again, Michael died like almost 50 years afterwards. So it's a different type of world. I don't know, y'all. I don't know. Okay. Saturn is trying his North Node. Again, kind of giving this mission complete. Once you follow your you know follow your north node get your saturn straight and then you're free to go kind of thing you know what i mean like sextile his north south node as well and trying his neptune saturn trying neptune maybe he was really like disillusioned by the whole thing maybe someone told him no the plane's fine the plane's fine because he had no connection to drugs whatsoever. So I don't even want to put that out there. Um, maybe he was somewhat disillusioned or confused about the whole ordeal. Like it truly kind of came out of nowhere with Saturn both trying Neptune and conjunct Uranus. And then with a quick look at Mars, Mars is at 21, 23 degrees Aries retrograde, right? So again, like, he had no ability to fight back with that being retrograde. 
it kind of gives me a stealthy type of vibe when it comes to his death but again not all mars retrograde folks will have someone trying to kill them in a stealthy type of way but with it being an aries too is a little interesting but again that still doesn't apply either but let's look here now what's interesting here is that mars is opposite venus exactly literally what seven minutes away but both at 23 degrees and opposite that's kind of interesting now natally i would be like he's motivated by his self his personality his persona but his desires is to be in a partnership be together but maybe some jealousy was involved here someone wanted to be with him in that partnership and they didn't like how he was motivated by himself but desired to be with his wife and his family not them hmm. so I do keep seeing like a feminine energy being connected with this death with this whole Juno you know Venus type of vibes but again I'm just like mm. <laughs> for some reason I'm like eh. you know this all could could have just been a feminine energy too Mars sextile Anubis. Again, Anubis is in Gemini to shut him up, to shut him up. I keep, that's what I keep hearing. It's also sextile Jupiter, which gives you the idea of pushing forward a philosophy, a belief, a religion. Also, feminine and religious energy mad at him. But BC, by that time when he was around, it wasn't like Little Richard time where. I mean, yeah, it was, it was kind of like that, but not as bad as the 50s. Like, in the 50s, like, people were really mad that they used kind of, like, there was raunchy songs that were kind of gospel-sounding or gospel-inspired. You know what I mean? And so, but I, I felt like in the, like the mid-60s, like, people weren't, it wasn't that big of a deal anymore. You know what I mean? But maybe so. Who knows? Jupiter and Gemini, though, gives me the idea of, like, like believing in multiple beliefs and religions simultaneously at the same damn time type of thing. He probably was like that, but I don't know about this, y'all. Requiem was in Aquarius, which makes a lot of sense because literally 4,000 people went to his funeral. That makes it sextile Mars. Both Mars is retrograde and Requiem is retrograde. Um, I remember hearing that his funeral had to be postponed because so many people wanted to attend and show their support. You know what I mean? Um, so maybe that's why Requiem's retrograde. But I know a lot of people would have been like, listen, this is the date, just you have to deal. Um, so again, this passive energy, even though Mars is in Aries, but it's retrograde. I wonder if that was just growling him up spiritually like maybe they even care I hear like when people spirits die they care about like people on earth but they're like yeah I'm free now bye <laughs> you know of course they care about the folks that they left behind but the simple stuff's not that big of a deal anymore but yeah y'all I don't know the birth chart's not really that helpful I really wish we had some houses to look at 
But we do when it comes to the next segment, when we look deeper into his death charts, um, his possible death charts. We're going to look at the time that the plane left Cleveland, or the approximate time. Then we're going to look at um, two times, possible times with the plane crashing at 1 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, as well as... 1 40 p.m. Central Standard Time, okay? All right, y'all. I'll see you in the next segment. All right, y'all. So let's take a look at Otis Redden's, um, death charts now what i'm gonna look at first is the moment when they left to go from cleveland to madison right this seems like this was kind of like set up like he shouldn't have gone on this plane y'all i just wish he listened to james brown soon at 12 o'clock p.m um the rising sign is aquarius not only Aquarius, but 29 degrees Aquarius. Now, I told y'all this before, but Aquarius and Pisces are the rarest, I think Aries too, are one of the, some of the rarest signs to, rising signs to have is because it takes a while. I mean, it takes too short of a time for um, it to be Aquarius rising. Like it only takes like about an hour and a half or even less than that. While the rest of the signs, it takes two hours and sometimes two and a half hours to past that sign when it comes to your rising sign so for not only it to be in Aquarius right but it for it to be at 29 degrees Aquarius kind of gives me this idea that this could have been a straight-up accident Aquarius is ruled by Uranus and Uranus is all about accidents <laughs> you know what I mean um, something that came out of nowhere something that's shocking and for it to be at the 29 degrees, remember that's a critical degree. All the lessons of, the, of Aquarius is sitting in that one degree plus some of the Pisces energies there too. Some of the spiritual side of it. Which shows that he was probably greeted by his ancestors and the people who loved him. Um, but unfortunately, it was to not help him live, is to take him to the spiritual realm which is actually good but it's just sad for us you know what I mean for the people that were left behind and they get a chance to experience any more of his music Aquarius um, is ruled by Uranus like I said and Uranus in his chart is in 28 degrees of Virgo in the 7th house this gives me business partner vibes maybe there is something to his death um maybe a business partner did some shady shit one that a business partner that he was with a lot that was um helped him to his date with his day-to-day you know what i mean i remember them venus connections too right it's wild um Hmm. It's wild. Virgo and Pisces is both intercepted at this time. So you remember how we had that Virgo stellium? 
it kind of shows that yeah you're of good health you have good working habits but it's not gonna help you at this time same with um, the pisces energy too you had south node in pisces you know all that karmic helpful energy wasn't gonna help him at this time um his moon was in aries too in the first house which is interesting it's conjunct saturn so it kind of gives me this vibe of you know he was at the moment he's like okay i gotta go like i have to go to this show i have no choice he felt like he had no choice he had to do this for his persona his personality how people see him he didn't want anything like people to feel bad over him but he might have had this authority figure saying like no you have to go as well with saturn conjuncting the moon you know restricting his better judgment you get what i'm saying restricting his emotions he might have felt like i had to go he might have felt a little intuitive about it like i don't know about this and this was actually this transition of his was a soul lesson because another thing that's in the first house too is chiron and atropos is conjunct by one degree in pisces in the first house you know he was supposed to, you know, with Chiron and Pisces, right, which we have right now, so this might be helpful to you. Chiron transit kind of shows us what we need to heal at this moment. So we definitely need to heal our self-undoing and self-sabotaging ways, but we need to spiritually heal as well. And we need to heal our intuition and how we feel about it and how we go about it. With Atropos being conjuncting Chiron, he needs to heal his intuition and trust in his spirituality and his intuition a little bit more and if he felt off he should have not gone on that plane with Atropos being so close to Chiron it was a life or death decision unfortunately Um, I'm not blaming anyone in this situation but that goes to show you that these aspects these asteroids, these planets are always aspecting each other and it really comes to one decision over another if we our life changes or not if we die or we stay you get what i'm saying it's just the energies of the the cosmic energies and energies of the universe is so potent and so sensitive you get what i'm saying this is this is seeming so far more of an accident i think if anyone's responsible it's someone that should have just let him listen to his intuition if he felt off about going shouldn't have made him feel guilty about not wanting to go because of the plane being weird but this is just so far i'm not done with the reading yet i'm still just scanning through the charts um one other thing that i'm keeping too mars is conjunct dark moon lilith again this feminine energy trying to give him a payback or something the fuck it is in the 12th house too so it shows that so it's in aquarius number one right which shows that they may want to play it off as an accident or maybe this feminine energy did this by accident and didn't want to hurt him but is it the blame me but another thing too 
is that it's in the 12th house so when this part if it if anyone's involved in this we'll never know we'll have to connect with him spiritually and i tried to see if there was any medium readings on otis redden and there wasn't why i don't know there definitely should be but there isn't any so we might have to just connect with him spiritually to really get the answers on what really happened if this was truly an accident or not interesting but anyways let's do the typical protocol right um fourth house ruler is in gemini remember the fourth house a lot of astrologers use that to kind of predict death because it's the lowest part of the chart the most private part of the chart i see it but um the only thing that's in the um, the fourth house is pars of fortune um so it kind of shows here that maybe if he spoke up, he would have gotten that good luck. Maybe he stayed on the phone longer with his family. He would have gotten some good luck. Because remember, the, the fourth house is ruled by Gemini here. That's the only thing I see here. But the fourth house and Gemini too, again, this whole thing to shut him up, to shut him up. Did Was he going to expose something? I can't imagine him doing that because everyone said he was just so happy-go-lucky and whatever or was he gonna tell somebody else something that was more private and had nothing to do with the public because gemini is about communicating but not like aquarius was communicating to large groups of people in society it's about communicating amongst just a few you know so i don't know the fourth house is ruled by gemini gemini is ruled by mercury and Mercury is in the ninth house. Maybe this has to do with some foreign connection somehow. I don't know. Something that has to deal with a different belief, different religion, different country, foreign country, a foreigner. He did go to Europe a lot. His fourth house ruler is in the is conjuncting his MC, which is, you know, your reputation, your status, your career. Hmm. Technically, it's conjunct the sun, too. The crazy thing is the sun is, like, right in the 10th house, conjunct the MC, which shows he's at literally at the highest point of his career when he died. Or when he boarded that plane, at least truly following his passions and doing what he wanted to do and people saw him as doing that like he's just following his passions following his creative passions following his um, beliefs just going and following his heart just doing what he wants to do maybe that's why he boarded that plane would be maybe a little bit hard-headed even to his intuition go over to the sixth house now the cre- creepy thing about this is that requiem is in the sixth house which again represents funeral arrangements funeral services requiem is retrograde here as well in leo so it shows that people are recognizing his talents on an everyday basis on a frequent basis and it just kind of shows that this event led to that Eesh. Creepy, y'all. God damn. 
What's interesting is like this is technically not a depth chart because it's just when he boarded the plane. But when I look at depth charts, I look at the first house as the person, how they died, um, you know, and the seventh house or the descendant as the perpetrator who did it. It is in 29 degrees Leo. And it maybe has to do with someone that he worked on an everyday basis since it's like close to six house, right? Um, someone that he had a connection with his creativity since it's in Leo. And then someone who's connected to his career because it's the seventh house or seventh house plus is in the tenth house. Didn't like that he was following his passions too much, right? Maybe interesting point here too is that you know the ascendant is at 29 degrees Aquarius Aquarius is an air sign airplane right um and it's a water barrier they crashed into the lake and then the Aquarius represents um accidents too hmm but even though Requiem is in Leo in the sixth house, the sixth house ruler is Cancer. We showed at the time that he was being cared for and nurtured and making sure he was all right. He may have had some upper chest problems or weird feeling weird in the upper chest heart area. Maybe he was feeling nervous and that's why his heart was feeling weird. His chest was feeling tight. Maybe he was yeah maybe he was being nervous the sixth house ruler is cancer cancer is ruled by the moon and the moon is in the first house and so that kind of shows to me that he was feeling a bit nervous about this plane ride i really wish he listened to james brown man damn he was feeling the nervousness within his body he was he may have been feeling a little bit under the weather too and kind of wanted to hold back, but he just so committed to his work. And that's the thing is that like, it's kind of like this Gemini, like I have to do work. I mean, excuse me, the Virgo. I have to do work. I have to do work. I have to be committed to work. I have to do my job. I have to do my earthly work. And Virgo is intercepted. <laughs> you know, if you just listen to his intuition, which was hard for him because Pisces intercepted as well it was just the energies were just so off man what's really weird I'm just looking at this other part of the chart the seventh house Uranus and Pallas is conjunct it's an accident but it was planned it was detailed by some type of partnership the fuck Pluto is conjunct all of this too at 22 degrees Virgo all these energies in Virgo someone that he worked with seeing a frequency on an everyday basis what in the hell y'all hmm or they I wonder if they were even aware maybe they weren't aware I bet you the person who told him to go on that plane regrets it and feels so guilty I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case Because Uranus is not retrograde. But again, that palace, planning, planning. That's just, I don't know. That palace don't make me feel right. It don't make me feel right at all. The reason why I connect palace with planning is because it's 
you know, kind of the asteroid of like strategy, like war strategy a little bit. So you have to kind of plan that out. You know, be quick on your feet. So it kind of has the quick on the feet type of vibe, but still, I mean, I don't know, y'all. Well, we're going back to the sixth house ruler. We can't help but to remember that the sixth house ruler is conjunct to Saturn, which again represents authority, feeling restricted as well. His body is kind of, kind of giving them an idea like your body's gonna feel restricted soon. You know what I mean? And literally, like I said, everyone else had their seatbelts on. Um, except for Ben Cauley. That's the only reason. That's the way that he was able to be saved. Because he was the only one that was free. The battery of the plane was low. So they couldn't even unbuckle themselves if they wanted to. You know? Jeez Louise, y'all. This is crazy. The moon is opposite Anibus, too. Which is interesting. Anibus is in... Libra in the seventh house. Partnerships, partnerships. Interesting there. Like, I don't know, y'all. The moon is also trying Mercury. Again, like, speaking your emotions freely. Mercury is conjunct also MC, putting it out to the public. Was he going to reveal something? That's weird, y'all. I don't know. He's trying the moon, technically, too. Putting your emotions in it, using that as your self-expression. You know what I mean? Identifying with your emotions and going along with it. That energy being very harmonious. Vesta's in Capricorn, but Vesta hasn't made any aspects notable or something, anything that I've noticed, honestly, that or should have should be worried about. That's a first. <laughs> but Saturn sure is someone that he maybe felt like was authority of him, but not like the big brother. You know what I mean? The moon is sextile Osiris too, and Mars, which shows the kind of like the aggressor. Resta caused them to have this health issue. And it's interesting too with the sixth house ruler being in cancer, right? It kind of shows that like I'm good and then my health failed. And so that that's kind of shows his situation. He was healthy, he was fine, he was a young man, and then all of a sudden this crash happened and his health just drops. You know? Let's look at the eighth house. Actually, before that, I do want to mention this. Jupiter is square. Mercury at this time. Um, generally, that's kind of like, you know, you not speaking on the philosophical beliefs um, that you kind of are used to or that you kind of take it taken in. Um, you kind of keeping quiet about it or you trying to process and understand someone else's philosophical thoughts or your own philosophical thoughts to see if it resonates with you any longer but it also Jupiter represents too is you know the philosophies of your father 
not his literal father, but someone that is the father of his career since Mercury's conjunct MC. Was it was he going against his father, quote unquote, father's words? Hmm. I don't know. With Mercury also sextiling Mars too. showing that now you're standing up and speaking up for yourself but at what cost you know all right let's look at the eighth house eighth house is ruled by libra right that's the um house of death and transformation intimacy as well for it to be ruled by libra again then it goes to business partnership thing happening um saris is right on the eighth house ruler which is interesting too the person that nurtured him or he showed a nurturing love too which could be anybody at this point (laughs) he was just one of like those nice philanthropic sweet humanitarian type of people so i don't know south node is in his eighth house which kind of shows too that you know this is like past life situation with it also south node like conjunct his juno was it something with a past life partner like past night past life life partner that now in this current life is somebody else and they're feeling like some karmic pain and putting it out on him venus is also in the eighth house too and in scorpio but it's not conjuncting uranus well, technically it is. It's seven degrees. Seven degrees away. So that kind of brings that whole love and desires and relationships energy even more stronger. With the eighth house ruler being in the eighth house. That's interesting. If someone that... If, if something happened to him, it was caused by someone he was intimate with. And again, intimacy has multiple layers. But someone that he related to, vibed with well... It could be romantic since Juno's there. <sighs> but it's self note, so it's like a past life romance that came into this life. And who knows who this person was? Maybe they was jealous of him and his wife. And they caused this to, like and they just harbored they harbored some emotions to Otis not realizing why. And they just had this hate from a past life and showed it out, kind of expressed it out. I don't know. This is crazy, y'all. I don't know. Let's look at um, let's look at some aspects to Venus. Um, first thing I'm peeping is that Venus is square Mars, which shows that the aggressor may have cause this transition an aggressor and with it also the eighth house ruler which is venus also exactly squaring to dark moon lilith man someone might have been involved in this someone might have caused this crash y'all made it seem like it was an accident like it was so close that's the crazy thing about it it was so close to shore and for the barclay barclay um Bam ever to be like, oh no, what was he screaming about? 
Why wasn't anyone else screaming? What did he see? You know what I mean? What did that person see to make him scream, oh no, and everyone else wasn't screaming, oh no? Someone might have been involved in this, y'all. And I was thinking, like, nah, it's just an accident. Like, especially because look at the freaking, um, maybe this astral chart was trying to warn him. I mean, who, he probably wasn't going to look at astrology at that very moment of him boarding the plane and be like, yeah, I can't go on this. You know what I mean? But shit, like, goodness gracious, y'all. James Brown's son might be onto something for real. The eighth house planetary ruler is also opposite RIP. And aspect in Jupiter, too, not following quote unquote father's word. Weird, guys. Let's look at the other. I wish I had someone's name to look up because I can really shut things down, similar to Jim Morrison's reading. You get what I'm saying? Now, if we were to use the one o'clock time, right? Um, Saturn is conjunct the ascendant, right? Showing time, you know, this is the time he probably died. Um, With Saturn having a close connection to death. (sighs) Which is making Chiron and Antipos being in a 12-2. Conjuncting each other in Pisces. The moon is like right on the ascendant too. Not like not on it, but like less, not like two degrees away. It's showing again a quick phase of situation, like it happening and like phasing in and phasing out. And then with it being an Aries too, just showing that like how something can phase in and phase out so quickly. With Aries kind of just energy, it's kind of like an energy that rushes to you. It shows that he, the whole plane, they, excuse me, were just pushed into a situation, like kind of went into a a violent situation in their lives. Um, They went into death in a violent time. They died in a violent type of way with the plane crashing. Something that happened so abruptly and with force. It's so sad because, like, a lot of them were alive still. Moon is in the ascendant. They were like, they were emotional. They were crying for help. Oh, goodness gracious, y'all. North Node is in the first, too. Which shows us this was a part of their path somehow. R.I.P. in the first, but in Taurus. The fourth house ruler is now the moon. Um, Virgo and Pisces is still intercepted. So that's really interesting. It's like how I interpreted before, you know? How it doesn't matter how hardworking you are, how healthy you are at the moment. That stellium in Virgo is great and all but it's being muted and your intuition is being muted and it's causing this situation and that whole uranus palace pluto 
um, that whole stellium is in the sixth house now. So it may be showing that his he was, was in his accident. The accident was planned. And he's meaning his death because his health is failing. Jupiter is in Virgo 2 in the 6th. But the thing is, though, again, this energy is muted with Virgo being intercepted and Jupiter being intercepted with it. It's all the luck from Jupiter just is gone. It's not there. With Uranus being intercepted as well and been intercepted even when they boarded a plane makes me think that this was planned. It wasn't as a shocking, surprising event as much as they like to make it seem. I think this might have been set up, y'all. This is wild. This is wild. And I feel like I'm always saying, like, I was pretty sure that this was an accident. And I wanted to pick something that that was an accident. So it doesn't seem like everyone is getting fucking set up. Well, everyone wasn't. Brittany wasn't. I'm pre- J- Jim Morrison. Uh, I'm not quite sure about him. But I'm, I'm leaning towards he wasn't set up by like a like government or something. You know what I mean? Uh, it was something more personal with them. Maybe. Maybe with Jim. Definitely with Brittany. So I'm glad I have them as examples. But God, like I, I was I was sure like, okay, it's going to be another example of it being a pure accident. So I can show up that people, you know, this can show that people died. It's not always a conspiracy, but this, this is weird. And again, like Vesta's not shown here. Um, so it may not have been like a bigger power like that could be though with Saturn being so strong but it could have been just someone that he felt was an authority to him to his career to his business to his life vertex is conjuncted descendant as well showing again that partnership seventh house ruler is in Libra too and there goes freaking Neptune, y'all. Nep- oh, goodness. I'll talk about that in a second. Let me talk about the fourth. So the fourth house rule is in Cancer. Again, showing that phasing of the situation, how you were once fine and phased into a bad situation so quickly. Because the moon phases in and out, and situations with the moon does as well. It'll be good and bad and good again, you know? Um fourth house is ruled by cancer cancer is ruled by the moon the moon is at, right at the ascendant so again showing that if this is affecting his body and if it's affecting his body too bad then he could die sixth house is ruled by leo i already talked about the planets in the sixth house um leo is ruled by the sun the sun's in the ninth house again not on, not just the sun in the ninth house. Um, not just the sun in Sag, but in the ninth house. Was it someone foreign that set him up? Someone not from here with foreign values or different beliefs or religions or something like that? You know what I mean? 
why is it always ninth house like i understand this was during sag season but ninth house again like that's a, a theme ninth house ninth house hmm. makes you wonder still conjunct mercury too so maybe he was aware of something going wrong in the situation and knowing who was involved maybe the sun is semi-sextile vesta exactly but semi-sextile i don't think it will cause a situation like this semi-sextile energy is so weak um i don't know i don't know when semi-sextiles are exact though that's something that you should definitely keep in mind same with inconjuncts let's move over to the eighth so we can talk about this neptune neptune's in the eighth of course again disillusioned illusionment I wonder if the person who decided for him to fly or possibly the pilot was high similar to like the Aaliyah situation because this is the chart of not just his death Otis Redding's death but all those people in the plane that died you know including the pilot so were one of them high yeah it makes you think because neptune's here again but maybe this is again showing delusion this is like a big confused situation this is kind of giving me vibes that it was destined because again aquarius and aries those are rising signs that happen every day but not as often as the other rising signs other signs so it's kind of like hmm makes you wonder finale is in the eighth too as well as destiny um but they're not conjunct anything mercury is in the eighth as well again like i feel like he had some awareness some intuition some feeling like uh, something's off and it's funny because Ben Colley was saying, like, today is going to be a bad day before it even happened. He wasn't feeling the day. And I wonder if the rest of the boys were feeling the same way. The rest of the young men. Oof. Neptune and Scorpio. Eighth house rulers in Scorpio. Right? Scorpio is ruled by Pluto. And Pluto's in the sixth house death was caused by his health failing so i'm pretty sure that otis redden was alive when the plane crashed and he and his his health just failed remember that the person was saying that without the right scuba gear the uh, person would die within 20 minutes and they didn't find otis until a day later which was interesting like one thing that i really did not like is that they show his pictures of his dying body all over the place his pictures you can look it up and find it his body wasn't that beat up which is strange another point that i saw another person make is when they got his body out of the water it didn't look like his it was wet i don't know it's because it was frozen it's because they said his body was frozen and find him until a day later but you would think it would be have some type of wetness to his body it was kind of weird i don't know i still don't think that 
I, I don't believe I still don't agree with um, the whole he got beat up and by disposed of idea with um, James Brown's son said because Ben Colley would have I mean wouldn't he say something by now wouldn't he just not be interviewed I don't know you know what I mean like who knows who freaking knows let's look at the aspects Pluto is making again interesting well Pluto is conjunct Uranus and Pallas again planned quote unquote accident the reason why it's quote unquote it's not because it's retrograde because Uranus is not retrograde here but Uranus is intercepted is an intercepted sign in the 6th house interesting Pluto is sextile Neptune again this brings us illusion we're not going to get the real truth we're really confused here possibly the pilot was high no one ever talked about Otis Redding using drugs really but they talk about other soul artists using drugs so I don't think he used drugs like that like at the most probably weed or something I don't think he used drugs just because most people smoke weed you know Pluto is squared sun losing the vitality through this transition from his health not traveling not doing this long distance travel even though Cleveland to Madison is not long distance it is long distance to make from Macon Georgia you know strangely enough there goes that Vesta connect Pluto is trying Vesta Vestas is an attempt and in Scorpio have to do with career, reputation, and status. <sighs> yeah, it goes Vesta. You know Vesta had to show its ass there somewhere. <laughs> but there's not that many aspects to Vesta like that. So I don't know about Vesta. As, as um, if you guys don't know, Vesta is the keeper of the hearth. That's what it represents. To keep the traditions, the culture, the race, everything pure or clear and visible and keeping 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 the records right right and so I feel like the keep of the herb it kind of reminds me of the whole holocaust vibe of like keeping the Aryan race pure like making sure things are the way they are that's how I kind of interpret Vesta Vesta's all about family you know familial things it's weird y'all let me um take a look at the 140 and see if there's a major difference here 140 time wow this is really signifying his death right north node is almost exactly at the rising sign or the ascendant it's still in aries right his Sun moves from the ninth house to the eighth house, the house of death, transformation. Finale is in right at the eighth house cusp, like exactly at it. So it's showing that he has transitioned. Still in Scorpio, technically. 29 degrees Scorpio, which is showing all the lessons of Scorpio, which represents transition which represents death and rebirth which showing that he transitioned right 
no intercepting signs anymore, so nothing else needs to be muted. It's making me think that the person that caused this is, was really confused. Because now Neptune moved from the 8th house to the 7th house. So that partner's like, wait, 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 what happened? Did I do something wrong? You know what I mean? Maybe. I might be pushing it there. <laughs> Virgo stellium is still in the 6th house except for Jupiter moved from the 6th to the 5th now the father that he was supposed to that he was not listening to quote unquote, is looking at the talents of Otis to see what they can get out of it since he has passed not at that very moment but you know now they can do that Dark Moon Lilith in the 10th house I wonder what that is all about I wonder who was in the forefront who's showing their face the most when he passed maybe they were somewhat involved in this like revenge plot against or to Otis Redden or whatever Mars is still conjunct Dark Moon Lilith too let's look at um the progressions second though. I wish I had names to look at y'all. I really do. Fortunately with the progressions, right? Um, if we're using his birth time, we don't, I mean, we're using his birthday. We don't have a time here. So we can't look at like houses. I really wish we had his birth time though. But peep this. Chi- Transit Chiron is conjunct Antropos in South Node. Right? Showing that lesson that he was supposed to learn spiritually, but it was hard for him to learn to listen to his intuition when Pisces is intercepted. But he had to go beyond, he had to go beyond that, you know? He probably wasn't advanced enough to know. Which sucks, you know? His progressed moon and progressed Mars is still really, really close to each other. Now they're technically conjuncting, which is interesting too. His transit north node is right between his natal Mars and Moon. So again, it keeps this this aggression. Which makes you wonder. Was it him being aggressive towards himself or someone being aggressive towards him? Transit Uranus is right between Neptune and Juno. Again, I don't know. I think his wife did anything. Who is represented by Juno here? Pluto is conjunct. The transit Pluto is conjunct his natal north node and natal sun. Showing the transition of his life. His vitality. Ooh, Jupiter is conjunct dark. Transit Jupiter is conjunct his natal dark moon Lilith. Yeah, someone did something, y'all. Somebody did something. Because remember we kept seeing the Dark Moon Lilith connection? Someone did something. Oh my god. And then... His son was... is His his progressed son and progressed Juno is conjunct. Right where... Um, right at his natal Vesta. So maybe... This Keep of the Hearth... This 
organized group was attacking possibly his wife too maybe that's the connection with his wife I wonder if his wife received any threats or something like that progress Vesta is also conjunct his natal Venus so maybe that's the connection with his wife and his wife probably would never say anything she just wants it to be over probably oof guys he was making a lot of money people hated it especially back in those days when black people made a lot of money literally doing came and doing um kind of like turning their lives completely over like that coming from nothing and making themselves into like this grand amazing legendary artist this was heavy y'all Let me holla at y'all with the last words, okay? Yeah, y'all. So I thought this was going to be kind of like an easy dish, like example of how we can show that, hey... Not all deaths are conspiracies. Not all are tricky. And um, this one was. It seems like someone was trying to get some payback somehow from him. I'm, I'm intuitively feeling jealousy. It could have been something of a past life. And a person didn't even realize what was going on. But too much Dark Moon Love connections. Too much Juno and Venus connections. Strangely, Neptune connections. Again, like, the Barkays and Otis Redden didn't have a lot of drug type of vibes to them. But I think this represents the confusion and the kind of um, spiritual connection not only he had, but his death had. And how this was like a real transformation of him moving to the other side. And how some things are just hard to explain or not explainable in the earthly realm. Maybe we need to connect with him in the spiritual realm to get a better understanding of why this happened, how this happened, who was involved. You know, it was really interesting with um, Dorothy Dandridge's death. No one really felt that she was murdered until a lot of mediums started coming out. But like, yeah, she was murdered. Something was up here. So maybe he's similar maybe him and the bar the some the most of the members of the bar case were involved in some tricky shit which is really unfortunate but the one thing that is for sure is that they will always be remembered all of them and how dynamic they were how they changed the game just such a bright light in the industry they were you know literally there's no i haven't heard any bad word or bad thing about um otis redden at all just that he was fun loving and sweet and then you know god bless ben collie he's in heaven now i know he's really happy to be with his friends and to not be in pain anymore because I remember seeing an interview saying that he literally, like, even at, at 67, which is when he died, he would still wake up in terrors 
from nightmares about that dream that I mean from that incident that he had it's just really really unfortunate you know um, that they just had to die that way and slow 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 kind of not even slow because you know when you die I think a lot of them died of hypothermia that's what I'm feeling Maybe some some of them, their head was hit. But to just be... Just the shock of it all, it's just really sad. Like, You know what I mean? I heard when you die from hypothermia, it's not as bad. It's just the beginning part is just a lot. And that's a lot of trauma. And so, with anyone dying in any type of trauma, what we need to do is definitely light a white candle for them. If you can purchase a white candle for the people who passed away in the in Otis Redison's private plane, please do it in the physical. If you can't, just do it in the spiritual, in the mental, um, and just send their love, send your love in there and positivity over to their spirits in their way, because they do need it. And do it to anyone that you feel needs it out of this reading or just in any situation especially if they died in a tragic way because they need that love for some reason intuitively I do feel that they are okay especially Otis Redding but we still need to send love is that's what that's what was really cool about you know the aboriginal and indigenous culture is that we continuously show love to our ancestors and we need to continue to do that so please do okay what is your favorite Otis Redding song y'all oh my god Otis Redding was my dude these arms of mine stills my heart um I have I like I have dreams to remember it too but my favorite probably is that's how strong my love is between that and these arms of mine those are so oh, those songs are so sweet he really just oh my god his songs were just so sweet it just made me be like oh he's so cute <laughs> he just uh, I know he sung women's panties off all the time <laughs> but uh what oh his voice was just one of a kind man we'll never have anyone like him ever again and for the poor boys that lost their lives remember they were in their early teens y'all they were kids you know what I mean and so we have to definitely send love over to them and just to everyone in that situation who you know lost their lives it's just really really it's just really sad and it while just doing the research it really broke my heart especially because it's hard to do research without unfortunately seeing his his lifeless body they just took pictures and put it all over the place all over the newspapers magazines and thinking that that was okay like oh that's sickening very sickening it makes me wonder if they were to do that if you know Otis Redding you know wasn't black if they would do that who knows they probably did I wonder if Buddy Holly had the same torture as his body being just shown out in the whole entire world for the whole entire world to see Uh, 
just so sad. And I remember my mom, I told you, loved Otis Redding a lot. And I asked her, I was like, did you think that this was um, a, like, you think this was a setup or a pure accident? And she was like, you know what? I don't know and I don't remember if I thought that. She's like, all I remember was being heartbroken that his body was shown and still strapped in the seat the the airplane seat that's so sad that she couldn't even remember if she felt a certain type of way she was just so heartbroken that her favorite singer in the world was like his body lifeless on an airplane seat like that's just so sickening most people should be ashamed of themselves honestly but anyways Again, white candles for the barcades, white candles for Otis Redding, for the valet too and the pilot, don't forget them as well. Send them love and beauty and prosperity and awesomeness, okay? Much love, guys. I'm going to end it here and I'll see you tomorrow. Peace. I just realized I didn't clearly state what I think what happened. I don't think I did. So I think I'm not even sure what I think, honestly, but I do think that someone did something with the airplane. They maybe put it on low negligently. They made it low. Um, They made the, um, the battery low, like, on purpose, probably negligently, maybe on accident, who knows, right? Um, but if it was negligent, if it was by accident, I feel like it was like some weird past life thing. Like they had some past life beef that they couldn't even realize in this life. I don't know why I feel that strongly for some reason. Um, I wish I could specifically interview these people who were involved. You know what I mean? But I feel like this was totally preventable, though. Totally preventable. There is a sense, though, that... For some reason, I feel like I have to say it, but I'm not even quite sure about it. But maybe... Someone of a higher power, not spiritually, earthly realm, like someone of power, did some shady shit. Because remember I kept seeing the like ninth house connections. Someone from Europe or out of the U.S. was or not of his culture did something shady. All I know is something shady happened. It didn't, It wasn't just a pure accident. It wasn't just a pure, pure accident. Probably an earthly accident if 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 this was a negligent thing probably an earthly accident but not a spiritual like the energy's not clean you get what i'm saying energetically it's not clean i'm gonna leave it at that r.i.p much love to otis redden and the barkays you're greatly missed (laughs) 